0: Hey, good morning everyone. Uh, it's so great to be back with you. I love, I look so forward to Sundays so that I can be back with my faith family. It's so great to see you. Uh, those of you, if you're new here this morning, my name is Jeremy and I'm the pastor here for New Life Patterson. It's great that, that you have chosen to, to spend a little bit of your morning, just a little bit of your Sunday morning with us today um, as we are continuing a series. We'll get into that just a few minutes in the book of Proverbs. But first of all, if you, uh, once you when you came in, you received a program that looks just like this one. Make sure you hang on to this. It's got a lot of things on the front of that that's coming up here at the campus and at New Life at large, okay? We have another campus in Turlock, and uh, so we started here back about five years ago. You can see how amazing God has blessed this campus in the last five years. And so there's things happening, that ki- that, so make sure you keep up with these every week. These are on the front of that are, are things that's coming up with the campus uh, pretty soon, okay? And then on the back of that, if you're new here, you'll see some fill-in-the-blanks. Uh, we're going to give you those fill-ins as we go through the message. This is how we keep up with our messages here at New Life. Uh, just let me go through a, a, a few announcements. If you are part of the kids program, uh, if you are one of of the volunteers in our kids ministry. Don't forget that you have a meeting right after this service. Uh, lunch will be provided. So after this service, head over there. Miss Anna, Miss Vernette will be waiting for you. And also, last week we encouraged uh, some of you to go and sign up to help out with our kids check-in. That so, that right now, uh, some of our our kids uh, leaders over there are kind of multitasking. They're they're managing kids, they're teaching kids, and also going over to, to the computer and checking kids in. So uh, we're actually looking to add more volunteers so that we can just add to that kids check-in uh, team, for lack of better words. And so we got three people last week. Thank you, those, those the, the, you three that signed up to do that. Uh, but Miss Anna said we need two more. We need two more people. And so just to give you a little bit of, of background about what this entails, uh, this is from 9.45 to about 10.10, 9.45 to about 10.10, so it's not even 30 minutes. Uh, right around the, the second or third song, you'll be done. You can come in here and enjoy the rest of worship and then also be in here for the message as well so if you have the if you have the the bandwidth to do that if you can get here by 9 45 and be part of the kids check in uh go see miss anna miss Vernette, and they'll get you signed up to do that we just need two more volunteers for that all right also we have um baptisms are coming up in three weeks okay if you've never been water baptized maybe you're new to new life or maybe you've recently given your life to christ and you want to be water baptized then come see me, okay? Uh, The link will go live next Sunday. You can sign up and get water baptized. Last time we had the most that we've ever had uh, that we did. We had 11 people that we baptized last time. And so not looking to beat a record, uh, but if you want to be water baptized and make sure that uh, you get signed up, that link goes live uh, next week. And then also you'll see um, that we have our team huddle. If you are already serving on one of our volunteer teams, we've had three of these team huddles. They've been great, thank you those of you who've been coming to that, but if you want to be a part of what's happening around here, join one of our teams and get involved. But our next team huddle, if you are currently serving is on Saturday, August the 19th. Uh, where, where's Richard at? Richard is on our, uh, is he in here? Is it, there, there's Richard. Richard's going to be making breakfast for us, French toast and what else? Eggs and just, yeah, then I, I got like a little side menu that he's going to make for me on a personal level. But uh, yeah, so uh, Richard's going to be doing breakfast for us. So all of our volunteers, if you're currently serving, make sure you put that down as well. Okay. Uh, lastly, um, I want to pray. I know our kids are starting back to school. Our Patterson kids are starting back this week. And then uh, our Newman Crows Landing District is starting back next week. And so I'm going to pray for all of our kids and our students. Okay. If you will, will you stand with me as we pray for all of our kids, all of our teachers and administrators, and uh, all of those who are Uh, have anything to do with our school districts all around our area. We just want to pray over them. Will you bow your heads? Father, um, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up all of our kids, lift up all of our students. We lift up all of our teachers and administrators and principals, God, our our district officials. Lord, as they begin school this week, all around our area, all all around the valley, Lord, all, all of our districts, Father, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will watch over them protect them, guard them, keep them safe. Lord, the enemy would love nothing more than to cause fear and panic in, the, in us as parents. And Father, we just rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over our children. Father, wherever they go to school, whatever district that they're in, Lord, we also lift up our teachers Father, they have an amazing responsibility, Lord, especially in today's culture, Lord. They fight a lot of culture wars uh, in the classroom. But, Father, I pray that, God, you would just give our teachers wisdom. You'll give them patience. You'll give them counsel. Lord, you'll give them the ability to decipher good and evil. Lord, and you will just be there with them. Lord, I, feel, I pray, God, that as soon as our teachers and our kids walk into their classroom, Lord, they will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in there. Even if they're not a Christian school, Lord, we just pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to invade every one of our schools, every one of our kids, every one of our students, all of our teachers and administrators, Lord. Watch over them, guard them, Lord Jesus, and lead them to a place of truth, to a place of safety, to a place of protection, and to a place of hope. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for indulging me on that. Well, if you are new here this morning, we have a gift for you, so please do not give. We have this mug uh, here. That's why I keep it up here on our table to let you know the gift that you're gonna get. Uh, It's got our New Life logo on it, so please do not leave. If this is your first time here before grabbing one of these mugs, as you walk out that door, just walk up to that welcome center there on your left, Uh, You'll see a volunteer there and say, hey, this is my first time here. And we'll put that in your hand just to say thank you for visiting with us this morning. And also, if you're here for the first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Amen. I'm so excited about, can you believe that we are only two, we only have two weeks left in this, in this series. That's it. Summer is coming to an end. Pastor Tito comes back tomorrow. All right. So I'm so excited. He's been on sabbatical uh, the last few weeks and he comes back tomorrow. And I know he's really excited to get involved with our students again and with you. He's missed you. I had coffee with him a couple of weeks ago and he is ready. He is geared up and ready to come back. So uh, excited for him. Excited to see him. I've got a huge list for him. No, I'm just kidding. I just can't wait to see that dude. I've really missed him over the last uh, uh, several weeks. Well, hey, we've been in this book We've been in the book of Proverbs in this series called Wise Up, and so we're going to be all over the place in the book of Proverbs today. You'll see, you'll see the scriptures uh, today on the back of your program. Um, let me ask you, think think back, about, think back over the years, even, even all the way back in the 40s of the 1900s, go back eight decades, and think of some of your favorite TV shows that kind of have, have highlighted this idea of Friendships. Depending on the generation in which you grew up, there's I Love Lucy, MASH. I still to this day, MASH is one of my all-time favorite shows. Laverne and Shirley, The Golden Girls, Happy Days, Cheers, Saved by the Bell, and then there's one that we still show every that we still have on at my house every single day. Every single day, Seinfeld. We love Seinfeld. The Big Bang Theory, New Girl, How I Met Your Mother, and now we have today we have a group of friends who are always saving the world in Stranger Things which I love because it's all 80s based. And then of course, the ever popular one, simply named for what we're talking about today. So no one knows that life was gonna be this way. There we go. You can ask Janet, I said, Marissa will clap. I guarantee you she will clap. Thank you, I knew, I wanna bet. No, just kidding. Uh, But it's funny how we, we know the theme songs to our favorite shows, right? Uh, what about this one? Sometimes you want to go. Wherever. Yeah, there you go. You guys know it. All you alcoholics out there. <laughs> we weren't allowed to watch that show growing up. My dad said, they're in a bar. And so you can't watch it. All right. I missed out on cheers growing up. But I also remember growing up, I couldn't wait till exactly 7pm when that jukebox would pop up on the TV screen. Sunday, Monday, happy days, Tuesday, Wednesday. I love that. That was one of my all-time favorite shows. What is it about these shows that connects with us so deeply that we haven't watched these shows? In, for me, I haven't watched these shows in 30 or 40 years, but I still remember the lyrics. Maybe it's good writing. Maybe it's good casting. Maybe it's good character development. And that's actually what makes a good show. But what is it that keeps us coming back weak? after week, after week. I honestly believe that in those particular shows, it's the friendships that they had. I think it's because these shows often reveal how powerful and how fun true friendship can be. We want what these characters are portrayed as having. A circle of friends who will be there for us when our life goes completely sideways. We need friends in our lives so that we're not trying to do this thing called life by ourselves. King Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, also wrote this book called Ecclesiastes later in his life because he had learned some things. He had experienced kind of the ups and downs and kind of the challenges of life. And he wrote this in chapter four. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So today we're going to look and see what Proverbs has to say about friendships, about the kind of friend that we should look for and the kind of friend that we should be. Proverbs teaches us that there is more to friendship than just being acquainted with or socializing with someone. Solomon wrote about a higher level of friendship that goes beyond that surface level camaraderie down to a deeper level in which we share our hearts, in which we share our lives with one another. He said this in chapter 18, there are friends, quote unquote, who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. So having mere companions isn't enough. Companions are good. We need those companions in our life, but to make it through life, we were designed to have close, heart-to-heart, inner circle friends. And Proverbs also teaches us that we should be careful, (laughs) about the people that we call our friends, our friendships and our relationships because they affect us so deeply. For example, let's say you own your own business and you want to hire kind of a, a second in command to help you run your business. What kind of person are you going to hire? Remember, this is someone who's going to have access to your money. They're going to represent you and your business in public. They're going to help you make strategic decisions about the future of your business So what kind of person do you hire? Just anyone that walks off the street and fills out an application? Nope. You're looking for somebody with character, someone with integrity and wisdom and discretion and experience and the ability, right? When it comes to choosing friends, it's sort of like you're hiring that second in command, that right-hand person to you, and you're signing on to be their right-hand person. So this is a person for whom you may or may not seek their counsel, that you could turn to in times of trouble, that you will share good times with them that you're gonna learn from and also someone that you can teach. So we shouldn't approach the task of choosing friends so lightly. We must, as Solomon challenges us, to exercise caution. So what exactly is Solomon trying to teach us about choosing our friends? I think Solomon's trying to say that these aren't just friends. These aren't just companions. These aren't just comrades in arms. These are actually true friends. What does it look like to pick a true friend for your life? Because there's a difference. There's a difference in having acquaintances. There's a difference in having companions and friends and then having true friends. So what's the difference? Write this down for number one if you're taking notes. A true friend shows empathy. A true friend shows empathy. Proverbs 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. So think, think about the, the people in your life that you call your closest friends. When you're hurting, when you're in pain, when you're going through a challenge or a conflict or a struggle, are they in it with you? Or do they rejoice in your pain? Do they internally smirk at your struggle? Because if so, that person is not your friend. In fact, I would say that that person is pretty toxic and you should distance yourself from them. And then the question, should, the question we should ask ourselves is this, am I the kind of person that someone can turn to? Am I that real friend? When they are in trouble, can they trust in me knowing that my response will be one of love and not one of smirking? or not one of inwardly laughing and rejoicing because they have troubles and I don't. I know i talked about this before, but back in 2015, I was part of a year-long leadership program. John Townsend, who wrote Boundaries and all kinds of other books, Dr. John Townsend, he lives here in California. I was going through this leadership program in Chicago, and it was a year long, and about halfway through, John decides to show up. So he flies from California to Chicago to show up at our meeting. It's myself and nine other leaders. And we're about halfway through this program, probably June or July. And John shows up, he shows up, he puts us in a circle, and then he begins to go one by one and asking us, Where can you identify the beginning of your hurt and your pain? Now, these were people that I had invested into. They had invested into me over the last six months, so I knew them. We have been vulnerable with each other and transparent with one another. We have begun to trust each other. But still, as he was going one by one by one, and I watched as it got closer and closer to me, my anxiety began to, get, began to increase because I knew it's almost my turn. And I was able to be very vulnerable and transparent in that moment because these people had become my friends. These people were my true friends that I knew wouldn't judge me or turn their backs on me, and I could be vulnerable with them. However, I know people who have gotten divorced and were shut out by their so-called friends. I know people who have been in financial trouble and were abandoned by their so-called friends. I know people whose children have gotten into legal trouble And suddenly, none of their friends wanted anything to do with them. How precious it is and how rare it is to have someone stand by you when you're in trouble. In times of conflict, in times of struggle, who can empathize with what you're going through. How amazing it is to have someone who hurts when you hurt, who are in pain when you are in pain. This is an important verse. Listen carefully to what Job says. If you don't know who Job says, you may look in the Old Testament, maybe you'll see J-O-B. It's not Job. It's actually Job. It was a guy who had everything, super wealthy, but then everything was taken from him by the enemy and he never turned his back on God. He remained faithful to God despite everything that was taken from him and then God blessed him in the end. And you can read about that, but let's pick up Job chapter six, verse 14. It says this, Job says this, a person's friends should be kind to him when he is in trouble, even if he stops fearing the almighty. That is amazing. A person's friends should be kind to him even when he's in trouble, even if he stops fearing the almighty. Listen, whoever your friends are, they will not be perfect. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to make a lot of big mistakes. And guess what? So will you. So will I. And in these moments, more than any other time, they need a loyal friend. A kind of friend who says, even if you go off the deep end, even if you are running from God, I'm going to come and chase you down. And I'm going to hang in there with you until you come to your senses. If you have a friend who gets into trouble, I'm not saying endorse it. I'm not saying condone it. I'm not saying defend the things that they are doing, but you can be there with them because it's not fair for any of us to suffer alone. A true friend hurts when you hurt. A true friend is someone who shows empathy toward you, and you can show empathy toward them. So a true friend shows empathy. That leads us to number two. A true friend will speak life and truth. A true friend will speak life and truth. Now, I owe the social skills that I possess, all the social skills I possess, I owe to a few mentors in my life. I grew up watching my dad. My dad is super extroverted. I, w- I would watch his, uh, his interactions with people in the church and out in the community. I watched and learned from the owner of the Italian restaurant that I worked uh, under for four years. This guy was amazing, never knew a stranger, wasn't afraid to talk to anyone. I also appreciate the 13 years of being in sales, the sales workforce that I was in before I began full-time ministry. But above all that, above all of those mentors, above all of those people, I finally acknowledge my wife, Janet. Because of all of those people, she is the one who says to me the things that need to be said. Because not only is she my wife, not only is she my lover, but she's also my best friend. A friend will say to you what needs to be said, even if it hurts. And sometimes it does. With a true friend, both of you know that the words are really not meant to hurt, but to help. And that's why Solomon said in chapter 27, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Solomon's words are true. That means that someone who isn't your true friend will say whatever they want to say in the moment. They'll say whatever's convenient at the time but a true friend will be honest enough to say what needs to be said. And that goes for things that you may need to say to them. Now, I don't want to give the impression that a true friend only says negative things because no one wants to be around that person, right? Those people are draining. Those people will suck the life and the energy right out of you. If you have a friend who always feels that it's their duty and their job to always correct you, always feel like they need to speak truth into your life, and that it's their job to kind of steer you right, then they need to go back and listen to the message that we gave on humility. (laughs) I'm talking about a true friend. A true friend offers encouragement and support while giving you the tough stuff. A true friend says things that builds your confidence. A true friend can be counted on to give you worthwhile, uplifting advice. Solomon also said this in chapter 27, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Notice the adjective, the heartfelt counsel of a friend. When choosing friends, you need to ask yourself, is this person someone that I can turn to for counsel? Does this person have the capacity to say what needs to be said in my life? And can this person receive true counsel that I can give them? The awkward things, the tough things, the the confronting conversations. Remember, a true friend says what needs to be said out out of the desire to help, not to hurt. And that leads us to point number three. A true friend brings out the best in me. A true friend brings out the best in me and I bring out the best in them. Solomon warns us to be cautious in choosing our friends. Another reason is because our friend's character, our friend's behaviors will rub off on us. We all know this, right? Look what Solomon said in chapter 22. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your what? Your soul, not your life, not just your physical life, but you will endanger your soul. The people that we share our life with have the ability to influence us, so we have to make sure that the ones we share our life with are people of, of good character, of integrity, of integrity. I don't know about you, but parents, I am so tired of our children falling victim to the phrase, they got mixed up with the wrong crowd. It happens way too many times. And just a side note to all of the parents in here, know where your kids are, know where they are, know who they're hanging out with, know what they're doing. Do not be these parents who say, I just wanna honor my kids' privacy. No, you get all up in their business. I'm telling you, because you would much rather do that. You would much rather your kids be mad at you for a while because you're being too nosy than to have to go pick them up from jail or the ditch or the morgue. Know where your kids are, know what they're doing, know who they are hanging out with. Because we are really good at being chameleons, aren't we? We're really good. We act like the people with whom we associate. And sooner or later, we will take on their values. We're constantly being shaped and molded. And we need to ask ourselves, am I being formed and molded and shaped to be more like Jesus or more like the world? In 1 Corinthians, Paul warns us in chapter 15, don't be fooled by those who say things like this. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company does corrupt good good character. Whoever you're close to, whoever you bring into your inner circle will have influence on your life. I remember when uh, Caleb was first born, my oldest, he's 27 now, almost 28. But I remember uh, when we lived in Tennessee, we were attending uh, this church. We weren't on staff, we were attending this church. And so they had a Wednesday morning mom's uh, play group, And so Janet was part of that group. She had a lot of her friends were in that group and they had little kids and the kids would play while the moms kind of hung out. And Janet began to notice that on this day, man, she was just like bummed. I'd come home from work and she'd just be kind of sulking. She would just, she would just, just be in this, like this funk. And then she began to notice, she's like, I'm only in this funk on Wednesdays. And so she started looking back at the pattern, and the ladies that she was hanging out with, all the moms that she was hanging out with, she said, you know, Jeremy, all they do is they, they bash on their husbands. They talk about how much they hate their life. And she said, I leave just completely drained. And, I, and then when you come home, I'm in this funk. And so she just said, you know what, girls? I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to hang out. I'm not going to be there next Wednesday. I'm not going to be there any other Wednesday because... I just feel like I need to separate myself from this. And it wasn't just a few months later that the pastor of the church shut the group down because they have become so toxic. Let me encourage you, seek out friends who bring out the best in you and that you bring out the best in them. Solomon said this in chapter 27, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. True friends make each other better. And then in chapter 13, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. There are so many people, so many people that are going to come in and out of our lives throughout our lifetime. And you know what? Every single one of them is valuable to God. Every single one of them, no matter how toxic they may be, is important to God. Every one of them should be given dignity. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. The Bible teaches us about love for one another over and over and over again. This issue that we're talking about this morning is not about love, it's about who do you let in? Who do you let in to your life, into your heart? I often get asked this question, and I've even asked this question several times myself. How do I love this person but also create a boundary? How do I really care for this person, Pastor Jeremy, but also create a boundary to protect myself, to protect my family, to protect my children, to protect my mental health? Everyone here in this room has experienced people that are toxic, people who bring out the worst in us, people who wound us, people that hurt us. So we feel this tension of loving them, but also creating this boundary and setting limits with these people. Here's the best example I can give you. Pastor Dave and I were talking about that this week. Imagine yourself that you have a house with a front porch and you're sitting on your porch one day, just sipping there, you know, drinking some tea, it's in the evening and you have a chain link fence around the front of your house. And someone comes up to the fence and they say, hey, Jeremy. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I have to start deciphering what kind of person this is, what kind of friend this is. Some of your friends stay on the outside of that gate and you stay on your porch. Those are your front gate friends. Other friends, you come off of your porch, you open the gate and say, come on in, man. And they come into your yard and that's as far as they go. Those are your yard friends, huh, right? Then you have your front porch friends. You've invited them into the gate, out of the yard. Come sit, come sit down beside me, here's another chair right here. Let me go in the house and get you some tea, I'll be right back. They're not your house friends, they're your front porch friends. Then you've got your living room friends. Dude, I haven't seen you, get in here. Let's go in here, have, sit down in the living room, Have a seat. Let's connect. The deepest friends are your kitchen friends. Those are the ones that you invite over for dinner. Not only do you invite over for dinner, but hey, let's cook together. Let's break bread together. Those are your kitchen friends. Here's where a lot of us have to process. Some of us have to rearrange our friends. Some of us have living room friends that should be on the outside of the gate. And some of us have yard friends that should already be in your kitchen. The question is, which ones do we rearrange? Which ones bring us energy? Which ones energize us? Which ones bring life into our lives? And who do we invest into? Who do we bring life into their life as well? Showing the love of Jesus to everyone is critical. We're supposed to do that. But we're also supposed to be selective in who we share our heart with who we invite into the inner parts of our life, who we invite into the inner parts of our soul. It's good to have a lot of friends, people we do life with, people that we enjoy hanging out with. That's good. Maybe you've let them in your yard. Maybe you've let them on your porch of your life. But what about the deeper friends, the true friends, the few that have access to your heart and can speak God's wisdom and truth into your life? And you can speak God's wisdom and truth into their life, those living room and kitchen friends. Proverbs 12 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leaves them astray. My prayer this morning is that this message has done, is going to do throughout, throughout, as we process this week, two things, that it's inspired you in two different ways. First is this, if you do not have close friends, if you do not have an inner circle, my prayer is that you'll begin seeking those people out today. People that you can share your life with, people of wisdom, people of character, people of compassion. You say, Jeremy, where do I find these people? Well, right here in this room is a great place to start. I absolutely love this faith family. So let me encourage you, be here on the weekends as much as possible. I understand if you have to work, if you're sick, if you have to go out of town, you're on vacation or whatever, but if you are in town and Sunday comes around, be here. You say, Jeremy, I don't have to be in church to be a Christian, 100% right. You can follow Jesus anywhere. You can be saved anywhere. But the local church, not this building, not 515 Keystone Boulevard, I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about the church. We are the church and jesus loves the church and the local church is the vehicle by which he put together for us to be in community so that's why it's critical for us to be here when the doors are open so be here on the weekends but go further than that maybe join one of our volunteer one of our volunteer teams you see probably the same faces each and every week that's because we need more people on our on our teams can you give one sunday a month Surround yourself with some really great people because we have amazing volunteers who serve week after week here at New Life Patterson. Join one of our groups. If you don't see a group that you're interested in, start your own. Start a mom's group. Start a play group. Start a men's woodworking group, a softball team. I don't care. Start something. Join a group and surround yourself with other believers. We've got resources that we will support you with. Sign up for the women's event. Come to one of the women's Bible studies. Come to the next men's breakfast. Just get involved and find some deep, true friendship. Be proactive to search out real friends. People who will strengthen your faith and you can strengthen theirs that will point you towards God's wisdom, that will love you enough to speak truth into your life. People that you can laugh with, people that you can enjoy life with. Pray about it. Ask God to send people your way and then take the steps to be in community with them. And secondly, so the first th- the first thing is if you don't have real friends, if you don't have true friends, go and find them. The second thing is this. I hope that this message will inspire you to examine the kind of friend that you are to others. You see more than likely God has already put people in your life that he really wants you to connect with, that he wants you to do life with on a deeper level, that he wants you to be soul friends with, those true friends with, to dig down into their heart, to dig down into their life. Most of the time, God has already put those people in your life. Pray that you will recognize those people, that you can hurt when they hurt, that you can laugh when they laugh, that you can cry when they cry, that you can get mad when they get mad. They need you to say what needs to be said to them in their time of struggle. We were not meant to live in isolation. We were not meant to go through life alone. We were made to live in relationships that are life-giving. So here's my challenge to you before we leave today. Inventory your friends, inventory your acquaintances, inventory your companions. Are they good? Are they trustworthy? Are they toxic? Do you need to do some trimming on your list of friends? Do you need to rearrange where they are in regards to your property, your yard, your living room, your front gate? What about your mental health when it comes to your friends, emotional, spiritual, relational? How do they affect that and how do you affect them? Think about all the areas that we talked about earlier and then ask yourself, Do I have true friends in my life that has access to my heart? Do I have people in my life that has access to my life? And if not, what am I going to do about it? Because God's desire is for us to live kingdom fulfilled lives right here on earth. And he wants us to do it together. So speaking about together, let's go ahead and take our communion elements and let's take communion together. If you didn't get one, if you could slip up your hand, We have ushers that will bring those to you. If you didn't get those elements, just lift your hand up real quick. We'll wait. As we're passing those out, let me just set it up a little bit, talking about friendship, talking about companionship. You know, Jesus picked his 12 to do life with. Jesus lived, he was 33 33 years and four months old whenever he was crucified. His ministry was only about three years. And in those three years, he picked 12 disciples to be right there with him. And then those 12 changed the world. It's because he invested into them. Those 12 made Jesus better. (laughs) And he made them better. Not that Jesus needed to be better because he was Jesus, right? But Jesus made them better. He taught them, he coached them, he developed them, he grew them mentored them. Those guys end up changing the world. They all died because of what they believed in. Those were Jesus' closest friends. If you do some study about the 12, you'll find that he had those 12, and inside those 12, he had three. And and inside those three, he had one that was his best friend, the one who really knew his heart, really knew his life on the day that he was betrayed, on the night before he was betrayed and crucified, he sat down with his friends, his closest friends. He took the bread after they shared a meal. He took the bread and he tore off a piece and he passed it around to the other 12. He said, I want you to remember this. Now here at New Life, we don't believe that anything mysterious happens with this, this wafer or this juice. We believe that it is a symbol of the blood and the body of Christ. And he said, as I pass this around, tear a piece off, take a bite. This is my body that's going to be broken for you. So, Father, we thank you for your broken body. Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken for our sin. Lord, the first of every month, Lord, we do this to remember how great you are in our lives. And the sacrifice that you paid to bring us into the right relationship with the Father. Lord, it was a price that we could not afford. It was a price that we could not pay. It had to be the perfect body of you, Jesus, and we thank you. We remember this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat. And then Jesus passed around his cup, and he said, as you drink, you're drinking of the sacrifice. As my blood my divine, perfect blood is poured out to cover the sins of the world. When you do this, every, every time that you do this, every time that you take communion, remember that my body was broken and my blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for shedding your blood for our sin. Thank you that as we do this, Lord, we don't believe anything supernatural happens, Lord, but we do this to remember what you did for us on the cross 2000 years ago. We celebrate today, Lord, because of your sacrifice that we have a relationship with you, but it wouldn't have happened without your sacrifice. It would not have happened without your perfect blood spilling on the ground. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. Let me pray one more time. Father, thank you for this message. Lord, I pray that this week, beginning today, we could take an inventory of our lives, an inventory of the people that we call friends, or companions or acquaintances, Lord Jesus, and we begin to realize the ones that bring us life are the ones that drain us. Lord, you don't want us to do life alone. You want us to do life with people that we can challenge each other and encourage one another. We can speak life and truth into each other's lives. But some of us don't have anyone. So Father, I pray, God, that you would just show us who those people are because i believe that those people are already in our lives but we just haven't taken the step to really to really dive into who they are and they haven't really dived into who we are lord so father i pray god that we just can begin to do that today thank you lord for true friendship lord thank you for modeling what true friendship looks like by your friendship with the disciples now i pray god that as we seek out those people, Lord, that you will make it super clear to us, Lord, this is a person that you want us to truly connect with and speak into our lives. I pray that for everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget, if this is your first time here, do not leave without getting the gift that we have for you. And also don't forget all the announcements that we made. We have baptisms coming up in three weeks. If you've never been water baptized, it'd be a great time to do that. Uh, if you're part of the kids' ministry, don't forget to have a meeting today, right now after service. And uh, I think that's it. All right, our, our team huddle is in two weeks. Don't forget to be there for that. Hey, we love you guys. Have an amazing week. We'll see you back here next Sunday.